You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. Welcome to today's episode. Today we have Jess Barber, who is currently studying a Bachelor of Nutrition and Dietetics here on the sunny Gold Coast, where I also live. On the side, she's a recipe developer, a writer, a nutritional educator, and a content creator. Jess has experienced the nutrition world trying all the diet fads and is now at a place where she shares and advocates the importance of not only physical health through balanced nutrition, but also social, mental, and emotional health too. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited to have you here too. Now tell our listeners, what day of your cycle are you on? Day 13. Amazing. And what does day 13 mean for you in your cycle? Well, I'm feel- I usually feel pretty good, still motivated, still yeah, feeling good. Um, so I'm running with that at the moment. And- Amazing. All right. Well, I would love to know, and I know our listeners would too, tell us a little bit about how you got into this world of studying nutrition and health for yourself, because I know you've had a journey myself, having heard it already, but I know our listeners would love to hear what's brought you to this point in your life where you love helping others in their health journeys and really learning more about their bodies so they can have balanced health. I think two experiences kind of led me to where I am now. The first, when I was younger, um, I definitely tried my fair of diets and restrictive eating and just exploring all of that. And the second experience was, as I've told you, um, I went to India last year and I got really quite sick. And it took me quite a few months to get over that. And that was a really difficult time. I remember thinking when I was trying to get better, I was like, when I'm better, I am never taking my body for granted again. And I'm going to look after it the best I can. And yeah, so that kind of led me, I think those two experiences too, they showed me the negative effects of not nourishing your body and not listening to your body. Like, physically like even my hair and skin and things like that but also emotionally and socially like I was really struggling and yeah I think that just really sparked this motivation to be the best and healthiest version that I could be and really truly look after myself not through a diet but through really listening to my body and nourishing it so yeah Amazing. So hopefully everyone who hasn't yet been to India and wants to go to India, that doesn't freak you out about going to India. I was telling Jess earlier that I'm going to India at the end of this year and I was a bit like, oh my God, I hope I don't get gut challenges like you experience. Even though I have had those before, there's nothing worse than, um, than not being able to feel balanced and in control of your health rather than feeling out of control. So thank you so much for sharing. So tell us a little bit more about your study and what you're loving about your study so far in studying nutrition and dietetics and what you're planning to do when you finish. So I am 
at the start of my degree, I, in hindsight, I was so narrow-minded as far as I had these really strong opinions of what everyone should be eating and this is the healthiest way and basically my way or the highway as far as what I thought people should be eating and doing. But this degree has really opened my eyes and shown me that I, every, everyone's situation is so different and what is healthy to one person is so different to another person and there's no one perfect way to eat and it's really about experimenting for yourself and finding what you feel good on but along with the guidance and advice of what will be me in future a health professional um and seeking advice from the right people as well and not just you know anyone (laughs) and I know it's you're so spot on with that because I was going to say I know when you were going through your health challenges after coming back from India that you had to go and seek support and guidance and how share with our listeners the difference between gaining support when you're going through something versus trying to figure it out on yourself like what was the big takeaway for you well i i hope this answers your question but figuring it out on yourself or by yourself you will literally go insane that for me that looks like googling every night like being obsessed with trying to find that one answer and that one cure it's like you will go insane and it's only going to cause you more stress which is only going to worsen your condition so yeah seeking support from a health professional um i like spoke around i asked you i for recommendations and yeah, tried to find someone who had been to them, um, if I was interested in going to a certain practitioner and finding a bit out about them, and then going to them and knowing your situation and what you want to get from them and explaining that to them um, because you're paying for that at the end of the day. And, yeah, does that answer your question? <laughs> it does. And you bring up such a really important point. I find through my experience of coaching over the last six years, a lot of people who I work with are kind of at what I would say wit's end. They've tried a lot of different things and they've been to a lot of different people, but haven't yet received the support that they like. And that's the focus word support is that when you're really Mm. looking for someone who can help you, it's not just that they're going to help you, but they're also going to support. And something I always say to my clients, which I know was important for you when you were doing it for yourself is that when you're going and you're seeking to find someone who can help you debunk what's going on in your body or why do I feel this certain way is be really transparent with them. Be open up. And I have a crazy analogy for this. Um, And I'll share that in a sec, but open up and say, Hey, look, I'm coming today because I'm looking for support. I'm really looking for someone who can support me through this, this, and this. I would like to see if you can help me answer these questions that I have and be upfront with them and honest. It's like the dating scene. When you date someone, if you're looking for a particular type of relationship, but then don't tell them, and then three or four months down the track, you get mad or angry at them or frustrated because they're not meeting the relationship that you're looking for, it's because you didn't communicate it. It's the same thing with people that you're looking for help from. So I love that you shared that because it's important to be transparent, right? Yeah, of course. And like you said, with the support thing, I feel like that also comes with a certain type of practitioner or like both you and I 
like to look at the whole picture. So not just physical health through nutrition, but also your emotional well-being, your mental, your social well-being as well. So it it's like that holistic support that you get and you look at all aspects because all aspects do play a role in whatever you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. You're spot on. I'm going to ask you to uh, elaborate a little bit more on holistic because I know there's a lot of listeners who maybe just have the word holistic kind of thrown around. They, they've heard it, but they don't really know what a holistic focus in health actually entails. So do you want to share with them what your version of holistic approach is? Well, yeah, what I would love to, in my future practice, incorporate is, is to, if someone came to see me, I would like to look at the physical health. So their, what are they eating, their nutrition, and how are they moving their body? to starters then also and these are all equally just as important social health what are your relationship are you socializing are you seeing your girlfriends are you seeing your mates are you how often are you seeing them um are you getting those connections and are you calling your family calling your friends when you know you've had a crappy day and you need to just word vomit everything (laughs) and then (laughs) And that kind of ties into um, mental and emotional well-being. So, like, I know for me, yoga is movement, but it's also that time where I'm not on my phone, I'm not doing work, and I'm looking after my emotional well-being and I'm just disconnecting and I'm being present. And when I'm present, that's when I find, like, I'm that's the most beneficial for me I see in my emotional well-being um and yeah so that is my kind of grasp on holistic well-being fantastic Uh, thank you so much for sharing it's really important to understand that the difference between just going and working with someone who does nutrition versus a holistic approach is that holistic approach really entails a lot more than just one aspect of health. And I think and feel that the world that we live in today, this beautiful 21st century, um, has really evolved in the way that we look at health, both within ourselves and around ourselves. I was teaching on Sunday um, nutrition to the yoga teacher trainer students actually at Essence of Living and talking about the, what I call the seven stages and the seven principles of simple daily health. And the last one's the environment. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people, when they start a holistic journey, they feel that holistic is also, you know, going plastic free. It's using the eco reusable cups. It's using silver or, you know, glass straws instead of replaceable straws. That is holistic as well, but you can't fully change your environment on the outside until your environment on the inside has changed too. Yeah. Mm. So this is a really great segue because you mentioned, I wrote them down, like emotional moving, sorry, eating, moving, social, mental, and emotional, the different aspects of holistic. It's great overview because all of those aspects also come into our cycle health. Now, I know you're on day 13 of your cycle today, but share with our listeners your journey with your own menstrual cycle um, and what what your relationship is with your menstrual cycle now. Well, it's been a bit of a journey, to be honest. I, like I said, into the health and wellness space through, like, through 
you know, the diet culture and that kind of thing. So um, I, I got my period quite late. Well, I kind of, it was like, I got it when I was 16 and a half. And it was kind of like, I never had really hectic symptoms or anything. So I was quite lucky there and um, it was regular. And then when I got into the diet world, I actually did lose my period for a few months, which I kind of didn't think much of it, I guess, because it wasn't a, it was three months that I was, it came back. So I was all good, you know. But then when I got sick last year from India, I lost it. And that for me was, I don't, I, yeah, it was just really like, wow. And it's such a big indicator because our menstrual cycle is, and is just so much more than our menstrual cycle. Like it indicates the well-being of us and um, really reflects on our hormone levels and all of that. So yeah, I did when I, I have had it, I think I lost it again for three months when I was recovering from India and then I got it back. And so I feel like my relationship with my menstrual cycle now is that I'm so grateful for it. And I'm like, I, and I love being in tune with it because if, if I'm having an off day or if I'm just, you know, I want to be in bed by 6 p.m., I don't judge myself because I know that that is perfectly normal and it's a healthy sign it's like okay your body is you're feeling these things and you're feeling your ebbs and flows and it feels good to acknowledge them and honor them and Mm -hmm. that was like a really long-winded answer but basically I'm just have a really good relationship with my menstrual cycle now because I appreciate it and I'm just so grateful to have it and to continue to really notice it and notice how I'm feeling at certain times and being okay with it and yeah, not being hard on myself when I'm, like I said, want to be in bed by 6 p.m. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be in bed at no. 6 o'clock. Um, it's such a beautiful I call it a transformation and a transition to go from being really frustrated and confused or just not really caring about your menstrual cycle. And when I say menstrual cycle for the listeners, I'm not just talking about the time that you're bleeding. I'm talking about the entire month. Now for some girls and some ladies that can be 28 days, it could be 29, it could be 32, it could be 26. Every woman has their own cycle. So there's never a, just like there's no perfect diet, there is no perfect cycle length. And you were saying about being grateful now for your cycle, but the transition, there are many, many women who really dread their period. They dread getting it. They dread the feeling. They get feared by it. And they're really confused and frustrated with their cycles and their periods. So if they were listening to this, which I know that they are, what are some tips that you could give them that helped you learn to become grateful for your cycle in this journey of yours? Well, I just want to preface and say, I say that I'm grateful and I am, but of course I have those moments where I'm like, oh my God, this sucks. <laughs> but, You're human. Um, oh my God. <laughs> but for tips to be grateful, is that, sorry, is that what you said? Yeah. Like you said, you're now grateful for your cycle, um, having lost it and now having got your cycle back and you're grateful for it now. 
what are some things that you have helped you become more grateful and notice gratitude with your cycle? I think it's like getting, even if it's, I don't record it every day, but being um, mindful of your experiencing. So, um, you know, before my period will start, I'm, you know, I'm wanting early nights and sleep in the mornings and I am okay with that now because I know that the hormonal changes, it's a natural process that I'm wanting to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so noticing those changes um, and then also after my period, maybe around day three or four, I'm like, I'm on, I'm like really motivated with work and you know, my creative juices are going and um, I'm really feeling life. So that, and I think, I don't know, for me, acknowledging those changes helps me be grateful for it. That, does that make sense? It makes total sense. It kind of comes back to what I'm always talking about is just honoring how you feel on each day and that each day will be different because no two days are the same. And even like where you and I both are here on the Gold Coast, our outdoor weather. So wherever you are right now listening, think of what the weather was like for you yesterday and then think what it was like for you the week, like a week ago. And now think of what it's like for you today. Today for us, it's the middle of winter and it is frostbite freezing for the Gold Coast. It's really cold. The day before yesterday, I was doing my gardening in my bikini. (laughs) Right. And today it's like frostbite. So two days side by side but yet look completely different now we don't get mad and judge the weather but when Mm -hmm. that happens inside of our body and one day our body's like yes let's go for a 10k run and then the next day it's like you know what I kind of just want to sleep in yeah on it like honoring yourself and how you feel and I wrote down here child's pose because for those who practice yoga and Jess and I practice at this one of the same studios here on the Gold Coast is that when you're in yoga, your ego comes out and is like, oh, I can do this and I can do the thing that the teacher's telling us to do because the girl next to us or the man next to us is doing it. But if you push yourself after yoga, that's when you can feel burnt out. That's where you might feel energetically drained, emotionally drained, dropping into child's pose in the middle of class, which is really just resting on the ground, (laughs) like a kid having a bit of a tantrum, kind of resting on the ground for those who don't know yoga, is that it's really just acknowledging that, Hey, I feel like I need a rest and just taking that rest time. Yeah. Which I think is wonderful. And um, that energy you were speaking about, like, I feel like, Oh my God, my energy is back and I'm creative and I want to grow my business or I want to, you know, get back into study or finish this assessment. That's our inner springtime. And I like to refer to this as the bear. So if you think of a bear throughout all four seasons of nature, the outer nature, so I call those our outer seasons, the bear is secluded and turned inward in winter. But then when spring comes, the ice is melting away and the bear's like, yes, look at the sun. I can go outside. I'm alive again. And it's much the same for us as humans. If we're stuck inside and it's raining for a week, that little glimpse of sun or blue sky is like livening. Yeah. And that's what it's like when our, when our period comes to a full end and we move into the next phase of our cycle. It's a good time. 
<laughs> it's so good, isn't it? So when you are menstruating, what are like, what is it that you, you cause I know you're really passionate about holistic living. So sustainable mm. living for those who are listening, who've never seen you before, seen your Instagram, seen your YouTube videos. What is sustainable living look like for you during your menstruation week or during your period? As in what I use? Yeah. So I use a menstrual cup, but, and I can so relate to anyone who has never used one and is scared because the first time I used one, I bought a cheaper one. And because I was like, you know, I just want to try it. And so I'm not going to invest in like a really good one. First mistake. And then (laughs) a second mistake was I used it when I was going to be at uni for a full day. And and yeah, it didn't um, go to plan. (laughs) So, but the point of me telling this is, I can have that experience and then be using one. Anyone can use So, um, yeah, and then I invested in one that was better quality. A good cup. <laughs> yeah. You want a good one. <laughs> I love that you shared that because I, and our listeners know that three things that we don't talk about enough in the world, periods, poo, and sex. We all shit. <laughs> We all came from a period and we all exist because of sex. So when it comes to the three and people like women talking about periods, we get scared to talk about pads and tampons and cloths and diaphragms and cups. Even saying the word blood, like around the period, it's like, like, I hear people say, oh, you know, when you're bleeding and it's, but it's like, oh, that's a bit taboo, but it's, it's what happens. Like we should be able to speak about these things. Totally. Totally. So if there's a lady who's listening or a woman who's listening, who's yet to kind of experience the menstrual cup, we don't want to scare you, but just what would be your tips in doing it right from the start with a menstrual cup? Okay. I feel like it's not, too tricky like so it's a cup like I can't really do it like that and you want to fold over to get it up and then insert (laughs) (laughs) and then once once it's in it will open up and then it'll be good and then there's a little bit that just hangs out and that's how you get it back out um a few of my girlfriends will and i do we'll just do it in the shower because it's just easier mm-hmm. but obviously you can't always do that um, and it is it's fine it's fine to do over the toilet as well so um i don't know I, I, invest in a good yeah, cup yes invest Gold. in a good cup step one invest in a good cup two keep it clean <laughs> oh sorry yeah keep it clean keep it clean um <laughs> Number three is when you are inserting it, it's not like a tampon. You can't just, it's not ready to go as it is. You do need to fold it like you were saying. And the, um, we spoke about this in an earlier podcast with, um, with Taylor about the little dangly bit. You actually can cut it. So it has the different nodges there. So if you feel like it's a little bit long for you, you can cut the knob maybe by like say four or five mil. So it's not like in the way. 
So you okay. want to customize the size of the, um, of the little, what do you call it? The pointy bit that helps you, the, the tab <laughs> that helps you pull it out. And then the really important note is when you are removing the cup is you want to push your finger into the cup to break mm -hmm. the seal. You'll hear a little to break the seal to let airflow. So when you are pulling the cup out, you're not actually like, it's like a suction cap. You don't want to suck things out. You want yeah. to just pull it out nice and softly. And um, people will get really freaked out about this potentially, but I, you, this is an ancestral thing. I put my menstrual cup, uh, my blood and bleeding my blood into my garden. Ah. Um, it's part of where the word heirloom um, comes from, where you mix the menstrual blood and the sperm together and you, um, you, that's where heirloom seeds come from. So you bring it back to nature. So for me, I have an avocado plant growing that's sprouted from my compost and I am really working to nourish it because I want avocados in like a decade. And yeah. um, so I'm popping it in the, the soil um, for my avocado, but a really good tip and um, a friend of mine and I have done this for a little while is if there's a plant in your home or outside that's dying um, or it's not very healthy is giving it the rich, rich nutrients of your menstrual blood can be very, very good for it. So if yeah. you are in a cup, using a cup is the best way to give those, to give that back to the, um, the earth little side. Wow. See, there's all different levels you can go. There's, there's <laughs> So much. I was just going to say on that too, when you were saying, because that would make you using that, using your blood would make you very aware. I've, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, actually, and they were saying how the menstrual cup is, makes you more aware of like what's going on. Whereas if you just insert a tampon, you don't really know how much you're bleeding, what's really going on, but having the menstrual cup, you're like, it just added more connected with your cycle. A hundred percent. You are so spot on. It's something that I teach in the Well Women program is about when you in the in a winter phase of so the menstrual week that we focus on, we talk about the different things you can use within your cycle and how do you really know what your flow is like? Because you're not watching it flow out of you. And some women, when they're young and they start menstruating for the first time, they think it's like a waterfall and they've really got to clog it up with that tampon. Otherwise, it's going to like, you know, gush everywhere. It's yeah. not a tap that runs nonstop for four days or six days. It's naturally yeah. letting go. It's like poo. Your body's naturally letting go. Like we naturally letting go. Menstrual blood is much the same. Um, in detoxing that. So that's honestly, that's a topic for a whole nother podcast because knowing the differences between the different stages and there's actual benefits to each of them. Mm. But I don't know about you, but there's something about using a menstrual cup and not ever throwing anything out. That's really yeah. good. It just feels yeah. really good. Yeah. Reused <gasps> and Amazing. clean. <laughs> right yeah totally clean so yeah you can do it in the toilet ideally if you are in public and you're you know emptying your cup and you're re-putting the cup back in just choose a, a cubicle that has a sink and if that means the disabled cubicle go to the disabled cubicle and use it i think that's a very valid uh, excuse <laughs> to be in the cubicle to change i was just changing my menstrual cup thank you very much <laughs> if they no, ask I, I, 
respond, come back with anything to that. <laughs> and when they do, I want you, or whoever's listening, I want you to come and comment or message me, tag me on Instagram or tag Jess and I on Instagram and let us know what they say when you say, I was just coming out of the disabled cubicle because I was replacing and cleaning up my mental club. <laughs> Apologies. I know, amazing. All right. Well, Jess, we're nearly out of time and I want to thank you so much for joining us and chatting all things women's health, your health and your experience in what holistic health is. But before we go, I would love for you to share with our listeners, what are three guiding tips that you would give to your teenage self when you're starting to menstruate for the first time that you wish you had that you didn't get? I, to be honest, Wait, three tips I would give them. Okay. I would honestly wish I had resources like you. And under because I feel like you get your period and it's like, okay, you're going to bleed once a month and here's a tampon. All good. But this, your period is so much more than that. And I wish I had, yeah, a resource or um, was encouraged to learn more about the whole menstrual cycle um and another tip would be to be kind to myself and i guess this relates to the first tip because um understanding that you're going to have ebbs and flows throughout your month allows you to be more kind to yourself and um really know what you're feeling and know that it's perfectly fine to have those really up days and creative days and motivated days, but then also have days where you literally want to eat and lay on that. And one more tip. Probably the menstrual cup. Get on that as soon as you can. Amazing. And I love that they have menstrual cups in different sizes for when teenagers are starting to menstruate for the first time, which I think is really, really good. And just to throw a, a fourth tip in there and something that uh, I know that a oh, good go, you go, you go. Uh, well, it's a bit of a tangent, but I do want to say that if you are having like really bad symptoms or you, you something's just not quite right, I would go to a health professional and say, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. And they from you describing like be as descriptive as you can they can you know figure out if you might be have an excess of estrogen or be too low in estrogen and there's different things um lifestyle related and um stress related lifestyle that you can do to get those hormones under wraps and get your menstrual cycle healthy and the best you can that's an amazing fourth tip. I really like that because a lot of women feel today that they can just, you know, oh, my cycle came early or, you know, my cycle is really, really painful. Oh, it's because I yeah. had a really bad week eating, you know, I went on holidays and I ate really bad. But what about the time that you were really, really stressed and you were anxious for two days straight because you had to make a big work decision? Yeah. What about the time that you went through a relationship breakout and you've been emotionally drained? What about yes. the time that you haven't been sleeping properly because you know you're in a different environment or you're sharing your bed with a new person or a friend staying over? All of these things impact our well-being, our well-being, not just how we move or what, just what we eat. Yes. So that's an amazing point. That's really, really good. And even um, like, sorry, but even, no, don't be sorry. 
just because you brought up like the taboo topics before like periods boo and sex but <laughs> even like painful sex and like different experiences in your sexual life can be related to your hormones and your menstrual cycle so um and don't be afraid to go to the doctor and literally say all these words that you think are a bit like you know you're nervous to say just say it all be confident and because it's your body it's your health and your happiness so yeah i love that they are quote they are beautiful closing words because those words are all used by doctors on a daily basis just because you don't use them daily doesn't mean that it's not a normal thing to say but yes, yeah. share how you feel. I love that. So thank you so much for sharing. I don't want to steal your limelight because they were great <laughs> closing words. So No, you're welcome. <laughs> Tell our listeners how they can find you if they want to connect or learn more about what you're doing or get your great recipes because they're delicious. Uh, well, I have Instagram. So it's just jess.barber, B-A-R-B-E-R. And that's the same for YouTube, just jess.barber. And that's all I use, Instagram, YouTube, and I think that's it. I thought yeah. I sent you another link. Wasn't there yeah. another link? I got your Instagram and oh, I got your YouTube. Website. My yes. website is Jess Barber, the holistic dietitian. But and you can find that link in my Yeah, and we'll have all of those notes in the show notes um, from today's episode. Anyway, so if people want to come back and find you later on, they can just come back to the show notes, click the link, and come over and find you. So thank you so much for tuning in and thank you Jess for joining us and having a great chat today. Um, I can't wait to see what you create next. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed this so much. So thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Have a great day. See ya. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. <laughs>